Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, What are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes! Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. What's up, everybody? Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. It's the Nightcap here on WGR. How you, how you holding up? You're, you're doing a lot of the, uh, a lot of these coronavirus stories. Yeah. You're traveling around it with uh, a, uh, to press conferences and such for WBEN down the hall. It was a busy day. It was a busy day. I had three press conferences this afternoon between the city, the sheriff's office, and Erie County. So uh, a lot to uh, a lot of information to absorb, soak in. Um, but yeah, I'm holding up fine. It's uh, it's a weird uh, it's a weird thing. I've never really uh, been a yeah. part of covering news like this before. You know, it's uh, it's tough. Have you stocked up on toilet paper yet? I have um, not. Because that's a, that's it's, a thing. It's going quick. It's going quick. In fact, I'm seeing on Twitter right now that um, a couple of local uh, grocery stores are saying that they won't have toilet paper again until Friday at 10. So conserve out there. Conserve. That, like, that's, that's, the, that's the reality that we're currently living in. One and employee here told me he took toilet paper from the bathroom here, and I think that's hilarious. Really? That's hilarious. Like in the spoke, what do you call that? The spoke? It's not the spoke. What is that called? Whatever it's roller, called, we roller. all know what we're talking about. Though. We all know yeah. what we're talking. What is the name of that though? What is the name? Of, like the toilet paper spoke. A dispenser. A toilet paper is it dispenser. Really a, is it really the dispenser to me would be the whole thing? I'm talking about the 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 little. Um, is it just the holder? No, because the whole. I think the dispenser maybe would qualify as the whole thing. Mm. But I don't know. I don't know that. Tweet in at Sneaky Joe WGR or at WGR five fifty if you know the name of the uh, the toilet paper dispenser roll thingy in the middle. Um, so yeah, Th- that's a thing. Like all of these pictures floating around on social media of empty shelves at the supermarket. You have sports now is just basically done. Spindle. I got spindle and spool that are both being thrown at. I me. was thinking spool for some reason, but. A, sp- a spindle doesn't really rotate. A spindle, I think, more of like 
you know, like a like a stairway that's just locked into place. Spool might be more right. I don't know. A lot more people are saying spindle than spool, but it's close. Anyways, sports is like done. Like yeah. it's just not. It's over. Like golf, and who knows how long that will last. I tend right. to think golf actually could continue because it does not have the same type of the same type of close proximity you between don't, athletes. You don't have to be. Right, and even the spectators don't really have to be tight. There's more spectators won't be there at all uh, starting tomorrow. Right, but you're right. You're right. But even so, right. So you won't have a gallery. Right. Um, You'll have the PGA Tour with golfers, and really, you'll only have to make contact, I guess, with your caddy. Otherwise, you should be able to go on. But everything else, everything else is just like nope, not happening. Even the if it seems that if you are an event. If you are a league, if you are anything right now that is still going to be participating, you're being looked at with criticism. And that's happening right now with the English Premier League. The English Premier League announced about two hours ago they are going to play games as scheduled, and they're not taking fans out of the seats. And that was met with a lot of criticism, and that was even multiplied when an hour later we find out that Arsenal one of the biggest clubs in the English Premier League, their manager has cor- has the coronavirus. Couldn't believe it. So maybe they'll actually change their tone on it. Maybe they'll change their, their path here. That kind of happened even with the NBA last night. What a 24 hours. Mm-hmm. What a night last night was. It was one of those nights where I just could not go away from social media. I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't unplug. Couldn't get away from... I just had SportsCenter on. Like, I just had it on. And by the way, I've watched a lot of, like, mainstream news over the past week covering this thing. And you'll get, you know, of course, we'll all get it. The tweets, texts, calls. Like, oh, talk about sports, talk about sports. It's supposed to be an escape. And it will be an escape. But we're right in the thick of it right now, so it's still very fresh. ESPN, I thought, provided some outstanding coverage last night providing information providing facts being correct with the news and they had it all like it was it was just riveting for me to watch like everything developing the jazz and the thunder moments from tip-off there are i don't know how many people in that arena there are eighteen thousand people standing around watching in that in that building when most of the country is recommending hey don't have more than you know 500 people uh, together in a group. Right. This building was full of 18,000 people. The game's about to go. Trainer runs out of the of the dressing room. Like something out of a movie. Right. The trainer runs out of the locker room, says something to the officials. They meet with the coaches for about five minutes. They have a discussion. Everybody leaves the court. Mm-hmm. And we find out from Woj or whoever, like tweeting it out. I saw. I actually heard it first on ESPN last night. That was maybe the first time in I don't know how long that I heard an important bit of news on TV as opposed to social media. Like that's, that's normally where I that's get. That's a my good news point, now. to be fair. Yeah. Right. And I just couldn't unplug. Like it was thing after thing after thing. And then this morning was just a carryover of that. It's every 15 minutes. I was almost afraid to refresh Twitter. Something new. Tom Hanks has it now. What? Uh, the, now the NCAA tournament's over. All the conference championships are done. The NHL, we're waiting on them. We're waiting on them. Practice has been canceled. Where are they going to practice the games? The Sabres are supposed to play tonight. There's a tweet from the Sabres. Hey, game night. Really? And now we arrive at this point where what's left? Is there anything left? And if there is, 
other than maybe golf, which we just kind of talked about, like maybe that survives this as, as a sport that can continue, everything else is just it's going to be put on hold, right? And, like, is the XFL now finally officially saying that they're going to halt operations? I saw some reporting. They're telling players that. Um, it's going to be strange to have to supplement and fill the void that sports leaves. And, like, even for something as silly as, like, I've got ESPN on in here, and it was just usually, like, it's background noise. Like, I, when I start the show here, usually between 7 o'clock, I'm, by the way, not even, wasn't even planning on having a show tonight because the Sabres were supposed to be in action right now in Montreal. And generally, I'll look around and I'll be like, oh, what's something I can have on in the background here? Is there an NBA game tonight? Is there a hockey game on NBCSN? No? Okay, is there, like, replay of golf from earlier in the day? Something I could have on in the background. And I just threw on ESPN. And my first thought was, because it says college basketball, like on that little guide at the bottom. And it's 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 a special edition of Sports Center. And I'm like, ESPN. And I flip over to ESPN too. It's the same broadcast. Yeah. And now I'm like, even like that entity, that whole business is built on there being games. There being things to talk about. There being things to debate. Like, what does ESPN look like for the next month? Like how do you fill all that content? Well, I mean, this is the sports news now. There are no sports because of this. That is the sports news, right? Mm. So, I mean... How do you think it develops, though, like two weeks down the road? I think we'll keep hearing updates, you know? Uh, I mean, it's so... so, You don't even want to speculate about what it's going to look like because I don't think anyone really knows what it's going to look like. But as far as a programming, I mean, you have to keep people updated every day Mm -hmm. on what the cdc is saying what the cdc is recommending what health officials are recommending for large events i think that's where it starts Mm -hmm. where are we with large events right that's when people will start to feel like okay the cdc is okay with this many people being uh together this many people if, if there even is a bump or they'll just say one day perhaps maybe you know, we no longer feel like this is a huge threat, that risk is low, and things should be able to resume as normal. We have no idea what the timeline is like for that, and mm-hmm. I would never even dream of speculating when that could be. But that's, I mean, that's what I'm going to look out for is, and, and also look at other countries that have gotten it before the United States, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Italy, you look at China, those seem to be the two kind of epicenters of the major outbreaks of this. Uh, you know, and people have commented, oh, we're a couple weeks behind Italy or whatever in the United States. What's going on there? Is there anything, are there patterns that maybe uh, will translate here? You know, and I don't know. It's going to be extremely interesting because I don't think anyone really knows what the next month, mm-hmm. maybe two months is really going to look like. Well, that's the thing, because I, I, I would have to imagine, like, I gave ESPN some credit for last night, like, what they did. But once everything's canceled and once or postponed and we get some time between the past few days and when we're right in the thick of it, then, like, I think a lot of the attention does turn to non-sports news. And that's, to me, where, like, I wonder, like, what happens to ESPN? And I think you're right. Like, there will be, of course, some of, like, the updating and, like, what's going on. And, like, is the NFL going to continue with free agency? Like, there are other things to be had. But I'm expecting, like, a lot of, you know, 30 for 30 reruns. And I'm expecting a lot of, I don't know, like, old, like, ESPN Classic, essentially, to become ESPN. 
And I, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I think that's maybe the best you can do. The NFL is probably going to dominate. I mean, not that it well, wouldn't have at the start of free agency. And as of right now, we know that the league calendar is supposed to go on as scheduled, meaning next Wednesday starts free agency. Sure. Well, let, let's, talk, let's talk really about that. That's really going to dominate the, the sports cycle because what else is there to really discuss other than the NFL offseason right now? Well, let's talk about that because I was in the same boat as you. That's the exact same way I was thinking. I'm like, even like for some, something as silly as like when I come in and I, ha- I get my sports update ready for the top of Chopin the Bulldog at 3 o'clock and I'm putting together a bunch of information, like things I'm going to put in there. And today, for the first time, I thought, in a week, what am I putting in there? And then I thought, oh yeah, free agency. The offseason, like the lead up to the draft, even if the draft is not held as a live event, we're still going to have the draft. We might have it, you know, old school or like baseball does it where it's basically like a conference call and everybody's phoning in their picks, which, you know, could also be entertaining in its own way. Um, memorable, at least. Yeah, memorable, for sure. But now Mike Florio, who can be spotty with his reporting, so I shouldn't just assume that this is fact, this is going to happen. But Mike Florio, you know, 10 minutes ago is now tweeting that, the league is considering delaying the start of free agency and that the league is aware of the optics of players agreeing to terms on multi-million dollar deals while the rest of the nation is adjusting to what will still be as of next week, the early days of the coronavirus crisis. That is word for word from Mike Florio's report. And like, I'm wondering, like, does that even happen? Because I, that's, that's an interesting question. You've had, all these cancellations, and there's no debate, right? It's it's obvious what you should do. You should not be having these events. You should cancel or postpone everything because the worst thing you could possibly be doing with this crisis right now is to be encouraging large groups of people together. That's how it spreads. That's how that gra- that graphic, that chart with that 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 bar that is just rocketing upwards in terms of the rate, that's how it keeps going up, is things like that. This is not that. Free agency, if Tom Brady signs a $70 million deal next year, next week, that's not putting anybody's life in danger. That's a decision based on optics, as Mike Florio is saying here. So that's my wonder, is does the NFL really think that that's a big enough deal to where they're going to delay the beginning of free agency? To me... And I shouldn't speak for everybody on this. I don't care. I we know to me, it's like we know these guys get millions and millions of dollars. Like that's not going to change next week. And I get that in some eyes, the that look that could be a bad look. But on the other hand, you're going to have a void to fill here. ESPN, same thing. Like I wonder if even TV partners will pressure the NFL into like, hey man, you got to give us something to talk about. You can't delay the start of this thing. Like, this is something we can talk about that's also not, like, a game, not an event. Right. This is a no-brainer. And when I read this report, like, I was questioning that because I don't think it's a big enough deal to essentially give up on that possibility of that being the void, that being the thing everybody pays attention to. Because next week, like, I'm excited. I'm excited for free agency. I'm excited for something to actually care about in the sports world and not have to put everything on hold for, like, a month Same, or two yeah. or ever that long. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Everyone has their own convictions and whatnot. I don't see it as being a big deal. Like, I am looking forward to free agency starting. I think there will be, if free agency goes on as is scheduled, that will be the talk of the sports world. Sure. 
I mean, that's, I mean, what else? Could, other you only than, have golf. Other than coronavirus, maybe golf, you yeah. know. Or, and that's going to be, I mean, it's golf, like, again. Right. It's very still, minor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, really, the sports world is going to be talking about NFL offseason, coronavirus, and how that impacts other sports, sure. and golf. That's That's all you got. And... I mean, I'm ready for some silliness. I know we're not near that point yet because we're in the middle of a pandemic, which the World Health Organization has officially declared, officially declared it as such. So we're obviously not near that. But like, I'm ready to start thinking about what what we're going to draft in a few weeks down the road. Like, I'm ready for that. Are we going to draft, you know, movies? Like, what goes first in a movie draft? I'm already Shawshank that- Redemption. Ooh. That is not a movie I would have thought of, but I respect the hell out of that. I appreciate that. Number one, I think I'd have to go Godfather, but that's fair. But, I mean, those I mean, are yeah. those are generally considered the first and second best movies of all time. So okay, that's that's probably right. So yeah, that's where we're at. We're at, like you said, we're at free agency, assuming that it still happens. Florio, I know, is saying that it might not, but again, I'm still gonna believe that money will in this situation win over and that they will go through with it um golf for as long as that continues if it does continue and again you will have coronavirus updates you'll have maybe you're covering um guys like rudy gobert having it how about that by the way i we didn't get enough into i wanted to talk we're going to talk a lot bills have made some moves today so we're going to get into that in in the next segment here the gobert Um, thing is infuriating kind of just so careless and it's so like i know some people are making fun of it on twitter and like i get that like it's ironic and the, the guy deserves it's to be really, made fun of it's really unbelievable but it's ridiculous yeah right it made me angry seeing it it didn't make me laugh it made me visibly angry of him him the video of him touching all the mics and then of course the you already talked about woge coming out yesterday and saying that players have said he's been extremely careless and touching their stuff in the locker room i mean that's that's right unbelievable and you can't just assume that he's the one that spread it to donovan mitchell for because even rudy gobert got it from somewhere and that very well maybe it could have been from donovan mitchell you don't know the the um incubation period right exactly but that's an example he's the guy he's that you know he's that friend you've got that's just like oh yeah coronavirus like whatever it's just the flu like that was rudy gobert yeah and maybe that should be a lesson to anybody that's still th- out there thinking that way, that it's not a big deal. Maybe it is. Maybe the hysteria has gone a little too far. It's possible. It's possible that that is correct. But you have to, I think, react to this thing as though it is as bad as it is. I saw a great tweet from an NBA player, and I'm sorry I'm blanking on which one it was, and I'm going to probably butcher it a little bit, but the essence of it was don't make jokes about coronavirus because we don't know how funny those jokes will you know will hold sure. up next week right you don't know what the next step in this thing is and to be fair really we don't you know and i thought that was a pretty enlightening thought was okay what is could be construed as funny today may really not be funny next week and that kind of like two almost two on the nose was the whole gobert mitchell situation yep right what you think is funny today might not be funny tomorrow. And so maybe like 
you know, hold back on the snark a little bit. And that's so, honestly, when this thing first came out, Joe, I was I was kind of that way in a sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not worried about this. I'm I'm 24 years old. Sure, I don't have to worry about this. And now it's becoming more and more real. And I'm like, I feel bad for saying I don't have to worry about this. Not that I'm like worried. But I'm, I have way yeah. more respect. I have a healthy respect for it now that I probably didn't have and should have had a month ago. Yeah, there was um so I watched John Oliver a lot on HBO and he put it this way, I think either this past Sunday or the Sunday before when talking about this things like how scared should you actually be? And his answer was a bit. Like you should a bit. That don't be crazy, don't go, you know, hazmat suit lock yourself in your own home right now although you never know um don't buy up all of the toilet paper when other people might need it too Seriously. and like you don't have to go crazy no, with things like that you can't be selfish either. sure so it's, it's but also don't be he always, he's like also don't be the guy licking the pole at the subway like don't be an idiot somewhere in between somewhere in between an idiot and the apocalypse is here somewhere in between there and i think like what you just said like just having a healthy respect for everything that's going on right now is the way to operate under these circumstances last thing we i want to touch on on this before we get into the bills in the next segment and then i want to talk about the sabers too because if the season is over which it could be um we don't know what's going to happen with the nhl they want to play more games but we'll see does the just the the season that was for the Sabers if this is it? But before we do that, the XFL now has officially said it. So here's the XFL statement. Currently, the XFL will not be playing its regular season games. However, all players will be paid their base pay and benefits for the 2020 regular season. All XFL ticket holders will be issued refunds or credit towards future games. The XFL is committed to playing a full season in 2021 and future years. And I think. Good for them. Good for them. Also because I think they have more to lose than all these other leagues. Right? Like the NBA can survive for a long time <laughs> Joe, without with, making revenue. It's not even close. It's without question they have more to lose. This was the worst time this could have happened to them. They might so not honestly, be able to come back. Honestly, kudos to them for making right? what I imagine was an incredibly difficult decision. One, they probably all looked at each other like, I cannot believe that this is happening right now. Right. Yeah, so they, they, good on them. they might not be able to come back. So I tweeted about that about an hour ago, and somebody reached out and was like, they'll be fine. They have a billionaire in Vince McMahon backing the league. And my answer to that was, was okay, the other leagues have 30 billionaires right. backing their leagues. They have one-thirtieth of the financial support that all of these other leagues do. And I, I get there are... And not to mention, they don't pay- have the same foothold in sure. markets. They don't have the same... They have yeah. nowhere near the same clout, so yeah. I don't think it's so much to lose. I don't think it's crazy to think that that could be that, that could be it for the XFL. I think the XFL has done everything, essentially everything right though so far, and I think this decision Me will too. only compound that. Is there such a thing as you respecting the XFL enough to give it another shot next year, I w- even though this yeah. season didn't work out? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. I think they did enough. I think they did enough for me. I think that their biggest issue is still quarterback. 
they need to have better quarterback play, I think, to have long-term sustainability. And one point I saw from Bill Barnwell of ESPN a couple of days ago on this was the reason the USFL lasted so much longer than all of these other startup leagues underneath the NFL is because the USFL was able to get top quarterbacks out of college football. They got Steve Young. They got Jim Kelly. Like They got good quarterbacks out of college. And if the XFL does not find a way to do that, and they, it will be very hard for them to do that, but if they don't find a way, then long-term, it's going to be a struggle every single year for them. I don't know what you do. Like, How do you get Trevor Lawrence to go to the XFL before he's eligible for the NFL? Like, I think that's got to be it. You somehow need to find a way for the top quarterbacks in college football to pass on a senior season playing for the national championship and come play for you. Like, you've got to find a way to do that, or I don't know that they'll be able to last more than a couple of years. 803-0550 is the phone number. All right, to the Bills. They made two signings today. No, I'm sorry, they made one signing, and they restructured a contract. We'll get into what happened there, the Bills' current cap situation, and what impact it could have on free agency when we return. Jody Biasi and Brendan Keeney on the nightcap here on WGR. When it's time to sign a guy or re-sign a guy that you have on your roster, it takes two. And it's figuring out the best deals are win-win, win for the player and win for the Bills. Sometimes we want to sign a guy or re-sign a guy here, and the agent just feels that the market's higher than where we see the market, and so those deals don't get done, or vice versa. They feel that this is not necessarily the right spot for them, or they want to wait. Sometimes guys just want to wait and see what free agency holds this year or how the market shapes out and just get a little more clarity on it. That was Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean, last week on The Morning Show. Howard and Jeremy. I mean, Quinn Spain didn't want to wait. We found that out today from multiple reports. Not confirmed yet by the team, but Ian Rappaport has it. Uh, Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot were the first to it from New York State up, NewYorkUpstate.com. Three years, $5 million per, well, at least $15 million total. We don't know the guaranteed money yet. But Quentin Spain back on a three-year deal, and you said it during the break. Like, how could you not love what Brandon Bean is doing so far? And what I hope is that it is setting up for, like, a big move. Restructuring Tyler Croft saves you some money. Getting Quentin Spain back at left guard at $5 million per, in a way that actually I think might save you some money. You let him walk, and you go try to replace him in free agency, you very well could have spent more than that. I was... You know, without like direct knowledge of worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink. What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What the exact market of an offensive guard is, Mm -hmm. I was thinking a couple, at least several million dollars higher. Same. I was thinking seven or eight. Yeah. Like not crazy high. Right. But, I wasn't thinking like 12. But yeah. But I was thinking for Spain, just for whatever reason, I was thinking between seven and nine million dollars. Sure. And you bring him back. Not only, by the way, does that really, this is what Bean has done so far that I've liked so far. By the way, the, the Croft contract basically cuts his cap it in half. And Go eliminates from, the third year. Exactly. So, and that can actually help him too. So I'm sure that right. there was two sides of that that wanted that. Croft, if he has a good year, can go out and cash in next year in, in free agency. Um, and the Bills also get money off this year. But what Bean is setting up to do, and this is by also getting Josh Norman, who you would pencil in, if not your starting cornerback, right after that. Like, you've now got three spots tied up. They wanted to add to the corner depth. We know that. They did it. They wanted to make sure they had a starting guard on the left side. Uh, they've got that done. You wanted to su- make sure you have the depth at tight end. Didn't get Greg Olson. All right, let's keep Tyler Croft around. Save some money in the process. Bean is setting up to be able to do things with his resources at more important and other positions. And he's, to me, scratching off positions for the first round and for big money free agents. I'm glad now that they're not going to go pay huge money for some guard. They're not going to draft a guard in the first round. I'm happy that they're not going to go throw 15 to 20 million at some star corner. Isn't Bradbury, uh, James Bradbury, the guy from uh, Carolina. from Carolina, is going to be the big one? I'm glad that they're not going to end up doing that, even though he's a hell of a player. And even Croft. I, that one, to me, there's another argument because I don't love Croft as a player, but he's so cheap at this point. Like, how could you not love that? Exactly. You have so much room. But so, here's, the, but here's yeah. one thing I was just thinking to myself. He doesn't really leave, Bean I'm talking about, doesn't really leave any stone unturned. Like, I wasn't even thinking about Croft as a restructure. I was thinking he could be cut, but he was able to restructure it in a way that you can still make this team, Croft, if you're healthy, but if you don't, it gives us an out, it gives you an out if you have a good year. Like, I don't know. I think that, I wasn't expecting that news today. So to get that news, to see what happened, I was like, wow, good. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not like they're penny pinching here. They don't have to penny pinch, right? right? They have not they over have ninety so million much cap. Caps, ca- so much cap space, but if you can save a couple million, why why would you not? I, I think that's yeah. I don't know. I, it's I know no one is above criticism, right? But I'm almost to the point where i anything that really bean and mcdermott do i'm kind of willing initially to give them the benefit of the doubt right we all originally saw six million dollars for josh norman i think Mm. most of us had a lot of the same reaction it was wow that sounds pretty high for a guy who by most accounts is well beyond his best years that seems like a lot it comes out the contract's nowhere really near that sure right and and if it is near that if it does end up being near that it means they were right and he was good person. He was a good guy to take a risk on because that he had a good season. If he's hitting those incentives to work his contract up to that amount of money, right? So I'm kind of at that point where no one's above criticism, and there have been some moves that haven't completely worked out. No, like complete failures. Maybe other than like I don't know, Vontae Davis. Yeah. But like really, and that one was kind of a, f- a freak accident. No, right. not freak accident, but like you know, it's not. Yeah. It's not on them. He, the guy just retired. Like. He just quit. He just quit and retired, putting it mildly. Yeah. He quit. But 
yeah, I, I just I'm at that point where I'm ready. I, I have trust in this front office and I'm ready to give them the benefit of the doubt until they prove me otherwise. Me too. And now they're sitting with, well, the, Spotrac does not have Spain's contract yet on the books. When you only know the total and you don't even know what the guarantee is, um, so it's obvious why he, he's not on there yet. But they currently have the bills with $74.85 million in cap space. Let's just round that up to seventy-five for conversation. $75 million in cap space. Let's just say $5 million if that's going to be Spain. And it could even be less. Honestly, the cap hit could be less than that. Or maybe it's front-loaded and it's more. But let's say $5 million. They're going to be with roughly $70 million in cap space going into free agency. And the draft. How many starters do they really need? Like, how many positions do they have to split up that $70 million? And they're not going to spend it all. I know that. And it probably would be dumb to spend it all because you can roll over some of it into next year. And you and, need money for yeah, a Trey lot White, of guys, Dawkins, a lot of guys. Milano. Yeah, you've got guys you need to sign. Yes, but you can use a lot of money here if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But how many guys do they need that for? Right. Like to me, what what do they need? Let, let's go through it. They, do they need a right guard? Like is right guard I don't a think position? So. I mean, Feliciano. If they go in with him um, as yeah, the starter, then I'm not. Ooh, okay, so yeah. don't even need that. Um, you don't really. I God, I hope they don't sign Melvin Gordon. You don't need a running back. You, you could you could use a running. I could say a two running back. I could I could like a Matt Breida. Sure, I'm not okay. Not, so there's not one a starting running back. Sure, obviously. So I don't need a starter there. Right. Receiver. Absolutely. That's one. Okay, so Maybe I need a starting two. receiver. You could use two, really. Yeah. I would hope one of those comes somewhere in the draft, like even like that fourth receiver, second, third, fourth round, whatever it is. A replacement for Lorenzo Alexander, which isn't even really a huge it's need even, on the yeah. Bills because they play so much nickel. Yeah, I think Lorenzo played like 37, 38. I, I, that number might have changed and by the end of the season, play, but that was percentage I, of snaps that he played. And the Bills, I think almost 50%, almost 50% of the time play in some sure. sort of nickel. So. Yeah, I'm not sure you Lorenzo by the way didn't also only play his position. Some of right. those snaps were him as a pass rusher, lining up not only on the end but they had that that one formation where he was like basically playing up the middle. Like he was rushing the passer from the inside. So Lorenzo playing that many defensive snaps, not even all of those were his own position. So that that's I wouldn't even want to qualify that as a starting position. So I don't really need to spend a lot of money on that. I don't need a safety. Corner I'm fine now. Right. Defensive tackle Maybe defensive tackle. I you mean, they, there is corner. this report about their, them being interested in DJ Reader from the Texans. You could still use a corner, I think, too. I don't know if you need Where do you do that? Where do you do that, though? Because Norman, Wallace, Trey White, Taron Johnson. So you have I don't know if they need one. I, I mean, they had Kevin Johnson and Levi Wallace. Wouldn't not, Norman be your replacement you think, for... Do you think they think they're set at corner? I do. So you think White, Wallace... I think they think Josh Norman's their replacement for Kevin Johnson. I think if they thought that there were, the deal would have been different. They did pay him more, doesn't though, it, than it, they paid doesn't Johnson. does it look like a kind of a tryout deal? Not a tryout deal, per se, but kind of like a yeah. we're not sold. I get what you mean. You, but, but like I'm not sure they're sold on corner. They could, though. You're right. They could already have CB2 on Okay. On their roster, but I, are they sold on that? I'll give you this. They they probably, you make a good argument. They'll want to, I think, supplement that position with some depth, 
but I don't see that being like a starting caliber guy. Right. They're and, not going to go get Bradbury, who I mentioned earlier. And the fact that they have an all-pro cornerback on the other side yeah. just makes things, okay, so if that's the weakness of your team is that second corner, it mm-hmm. makes it much more palatable when you have a guy locking down wide receiver one on the opposing offense. I think I've arrived at a point where they only have two positions that they really could and should want to, even if they want to, spend big money on. Receiver. It's receiver and defensive end. Yes. And those are two very important positions. Those are two positions, one of which is big in free agency and the draft, and the other one is not so much in free agency and is in the draft. Receiver, and I I'm, I'm keep going back and forth. Almost every day I change what I want them to do. Pass rusher versus receiver, right? And... Because I think we just kind of laid it out. The two biggest holes on the team is a number one receiver and a number one pass rusher. Those are the biggest holes. They don't really have many other than that. They're like minor, like we kind of just went over. So how do I do that in one offseason? Pass rusher, you have two options. I mean, Clowney's out there. You've got the Shaq Barrett from Tampa, although he said basically in the Tim Graham story that he doesn't want to come here. So I probably may scratch him off the list. There are a bunch of guys that could get in the draft. You could trade for Ngakwe. You could trade for Ngakwe, right? And who is the... Um, there's another one. Mario another Addison. One. Mario Addison, Robert yes. Quinn. Yeah, Robert, Qu- Robert Quinn also, because he was actually... Uh, NFL.com did a story where that was like the f- the perfect fit for the Bills, was Robert Quinn. And Dante I could Fowler add, and, Jr. And by the way, I could totally see a Robert Quinn kind of signing out of... Oh, yeah, from the I could Bills. too. I could 100% see so, that. So that's somewhere where you could put money, and you could also draft. Receiver, this is why today I think I tell you I want them to draft a receiver, even though I think maybe it was less than a week ago I said I wanted them to draft a pass rusher because I think I can get a pass rusher in free agency with all this money. I could go pay. Honestly, if they Tuesday. paid Clowney $20 million a year, I'm not sure I'd be upset about it. Uh, yeah, I'm I, not sure I'd be I'm upset not, about it. I mean, you're to get that elite pass rusher that we're talking about – and by elite, I mean the Clowney and yeah. and Ngakwe. I do not mean Robert Quinn or Mario no, Addison. or Dante Fowler. Like, or those da- are good right. pass rushers, but right. they're not elite. Right, so... Clowney, even I wouldn't call an elite pass rusher. I might be would call him an elite defensive end, though. Yeah. He's a, he's a he's very good, he's good, good to both. great pass rusher, right. and he's maybe the best run-stopping defensive end in football. Exactly. You know, the Ngakwe thing is really interesting to me. I For some reason, I've had my eyes on Ngakwe for a long time. I always... I've loved watching him mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. And then the fact that he's made it s- crystal clear that he no longer wants to play for Jacksonville, even if he does get tagged. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's a really interesting option. I wonder if he would be interested in signing an extension with the Bills. Yeah. You know, like, that's a that's an intriguing option. But I love I love the draft talk because I th- I'm in the same spot as you. There are so few needs... And the Bills have a fair amount of draft capital. Now, most of the capital or the excessive capital is in the later rounds. You know, Mm -hmm. the fifth and sixth round picks, they have multiple of. I am usually against the idea of trading up because the draft tends to be kind of, you know, fluky in a sense that, you know, you have lottery tickets. The more you have, the more chance you have to hit on one. That's kind of how I look at the draft, right? But I'm... More interested this year in the idea of trading up. And we know that McBean 
does not shy away from trading up. But I am more interested in it this year because really how many of these draft picks are going to make the team? There, there are so not not all of them. So there are so yeah. few positions to fill, and the bill. And it's not like we're screaming about the Bills' depth either. The Bills have good depth. They have good talent all around, mm-hmm. outside of a few key positions, which I assume will be addressed. Like, do do the Bills really need that many draft picks? If you fall in love, no, you don't. If if Jerry Judy falls to sixteen. I would be totally cool if they go up and get them. Now, depending on the price, I'm not giving up a next year first. I don't even think I want to give up a this year second to go up and get them. Within this year's draft, I would maybe tell I would you give up a third I round would pick. be okay with them doing anything to anything. get that guy. Not, I don't want th- within this year's draft. Within okay, so I don't I want them training next year first. So unlike I would want them to do almost. If, if I'm not sure, if you told me right now they traded their whole draft to go get a receiver Jerry in the Judy, top five. I'm not sure I'd hate it. I'd probably think it's irresponsible, and I'd probably think it's stupid. It's like the but Amari Cooper But I don't Cooper think signing. I'd hate it. It's like signing Amari Cooper. It'd be exciting, even right. though you know logically it's probably not the best decision. Emotionally, yeah, it would be fun. That's, this is why I like what Brandon Bean's done. And I don't know if he'll ever be this way. If he'll ever think to himself, I've been so responsible with my money that now, that now I'm going to go buy yeah. the Ferrari. <laughs> like, I can do it because I've saved up, and I'm in a great spot financially. Now I'm going to go be a little reckless. Once. Like, in a one-off. I don't need him to go... Sign at the top player at every position in free agency. See, but this is one position that they've been looking for, and they tried to get Antonio Brown. That's what I was just about to say. We know that he's not terrified of making that big splash move right. because he was from. It's not only reports, he was going to trade down in the first round and basically give up getting at Oliver right. to get Antonio Brown. He was going to hand Antonio Brown an enormous um, paycheck because he'd have to. Because right. you would have to. They were okay with that. Well, we we think. We don't really know right. what motivated Brown to not want to come here. Sure, exactly. It could have just been he didn't want to come to Buffalo. I guess there's also a possibility that that didn't happen because the Bills didn't want to pay him what he wanted. Right. You never know. A little murky what ended up happening there with Antonio Brown. 803 is the phone number. A little bit on the Sabres next, and then we're going to hear our interview of the day. Greg Cosell um, with One Bills Live. Some good draft stuff, so if you like that little draft talk there, stay tuned at 8 o'clock. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney. 803 your calls here on WGR. In Switzerland, they're actually quite a ways into this process already. They closed the attendance of any events of more than a thousand people already more than a week ago, so it's almost 10 days, and they're going to wait till the 17th of March before they make their next move. But there's not really any fear in the society because it's under control, and they took those measures quickly, and everybody's just following good hygiene. Sabres coach Ralph Kruger yesterday on with. Howard and Jeremy. Lots changed since then. The NHL season's been postponed since that happened. Um, the Sabres were scheduled to be playing in Montreal right now. Of course, you're hearing me instead. You're hearing Brendan instead. I got to kick into summer mode here. I got I got ten hours a week now. Instead of uh, you know, the Sabres games usually will preempt my shows like at least twice. A week, sometimes three times. You've got Niagara basketball mixing in there once in a while too. The Bandits right. mixing in there, and uh, you'll be better, you'll be better for it. I, I think so. Yeah, but you're throwing them into the fire, right? Now, 
Nate dis- Nate once on Sports Talk Saturday told me that what I had said is not true. I thought that some people to teach their children how to swim as babies would just throw them into the pool and they would instinctively know how to swim. Mm. That apparently is not a thing. N- at least it's not a common thing. Um, it's also like that. That made up thing I just made up, I guess. <laughs> um, so there's that too. Um, the, I got the Sabres question though on this. If this is it, like, was there anything they could have really done, you think, to, to change the season? Like, I, I had somebody reach out on Twitter and ask me, like, if they had played, like, is Bottrell missing an opportunity here to save his no. job if they don't play games? I'm I like, don't know. I think his, I think his, like, that was written. That was done. I don't know about his job. But what, <sighs> there is nothing they could have done that would have changed to make, it. to make me think, or there's nothing that would have been done or should have been done, could have been done, mm-hmm. to change the thinking of what is already being thought if that makes any sense at all and i know i said that super terribly but <laughs> what i'm saying is if the next you know 15 or so games of the season is what determines your thought process about this team and this organization mm-hmm. i think you're already coming from it at a bad angle because we know what this team is and i don't need if these games are over, I, I if they could have run out for the rest of the season, I would have said you need fundamental change. And honestly, it might have hurt the organization more if they had gone on a long winning streak to close out the season because that might have convinced management ownership yeah. that these guys need to be brought back to see what they can do with a fresh start next year. I agree with that. What's the uh, what's the number one canned good in your opinion? The number one spaghettios. You've got to stock up for <laughs> spaghettios. I'm not a big spaghettios guy. No, I'm They're, not. I'm kidding. But oh. Chef Boyardee as a whole is up there. Mm. So uh, you know they're the ravioli, the mini oh, raviolis. I'll yep. tell you what, beefaroni. That's one. I've of my never had beefaroni. I don't elite, see myself trying it either. Elite um, canned good. I would go, and this is probably a crazy one. Like I'll go baked beans. Just like on its own, just like heat You're them just up. Gonna eat like a can yeah. of baked beans. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's fiber. It's, they're not horrible for you. I don't think. No, beans are good for you. Yeah. I don't know. I just I might feel make like, you a little gassy over I the course like of a day, beans, but I feel like beans are a supplement, and I can't just see myself just mowing on some beans. Try it. Try the beans as the main course sure. instead of the instead of the, uh, the 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 side dish, and I think you'll be impressed. I, I'm I'm gonna probably stock up. You know, okay. I'm gonna get a lot of them. Good for you. I just wouldn't want to be Straight. on your side of the glass with you for an extended amount of time. Good, if you're just good point. But if we're if I'm going to be if we're all going to be in isolation at some point, <laughs> which uh, you hope doesn't happen, um, then I won't have to worry about that. Hopefully that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, hopefully two weeks. I Bulldog put it this way the other day, and it, it's not really trending this way. Um, but you still hope that it's going to be the uh, the snow day where it doesn't snow. 8030550 is the phone number. Greg Cosell, our interview of the day. Some good draft content from Greg. I'm with One Bills Live earlier today. That is on the way next here on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. Brendan Keeney hanging out as well here on WGR. Is this the Nightcap? Yo, this is Patrick. Is this the Nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Nightcap. No! This 
is Patrick! Time now for the Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back to the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Time to get now to our interview of the day. Generally, it's Greg Cosell when he's on. I'm not going to lie. He's good. A lot of good film analysis, a lot of good draft coverage from Greg. Um, His thoughts also on the coronavirus outbreak and uh, how it's affected him and uh, his, uh, his city. Hear all that and more, plus, of course, some good draft stuff from Greg in a moment here. So let's now hear from him. NFL Films' Greg Cosell on with One Bills Live earlier today. On the line with us right now, NFL Films senior producer, the co-host and analyst for NFL Matchup on ESPN, Greg Cosell on today as opposed to Friday. Hi, Greg. How you doing down there? Good? You doing well? You look a little shaken up. You okay? Murph, Steve, yeah, it's uh, very disconcerting what's going on. Yeah. It's uh, you know, It, it does kind of makes you feel a little small compared yeah. to – the more important things, but it's very disconcerting. As we started our show today, and Steve and I were talking about, this is not a sports story, clearly, but it is affecting sports as it is everything else in American society, in the world society right now, right? Absolutely. I, you know, again, I, I'm sure many, many people, including myself, I'm sure you guys, I was really looking forward. You know, it's March Madness time, yeah. and that's not going to happen. And you were getting toward the NBA playoffs and then NHL playoffs. It's it's just a very strange time. Um, let's talk a little bit, Greg, about the, what we know, it, what we think will be the impact on the National Football League, and nothing official from the league yet. But if um, there's a restriction in, let's start with uh, teams going out to watch pro days, to, uh, to monitor pro days, uh, that means coaches and scouts won't be watching some of these workouts. What kind of an impact would that have on the draft, would you think? Well, my sense is it will have a bigger impact on the players because a lot of players either do not work out at the combine or are coming back from injuries and are looking forward to their pro day. Uh, It's another piece of the puzzle. Uh, And for the players, it's a really important piece, especially if they did not work out previously. Uh, My guess is a lot of these pro days will not happen. Uh, And so it's 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 a shame for the players because it could impact their draft position and their future. Um, my sense is that if you're a team and you've done your work properly, uh, the pro day should not greatly impact how you view a particular player. I don't know, Steve, how you feel about that, but I would think it shouldn't have a great impact, either positive or negative, unless something extreme were to show up at a pro day. But if it, if not, I would think that all the work and due diligence you've done up to this point should be enough for you to make an informed decision. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, you and us and everybody, you watch film and you kind of get a sense of who the guy is. You would like to talk to him, no question, and you can do that at Pro Days. But I think the one thing that gets lost in this, and I've alluded to it a couple of times today, Greg, is you if the guy's hurt or even if he hasn't been hurt for a while, they still go back and look at, listen, you you dislocated your shoulder three years ago. How's it feel? How the rehab right. go? What are you doing? The medical side of this is the one thing that has to be done in person, and that may go away. Uh, and like you said, too, some kids may be regretting the fact that they didn't work out at the combine. <clears throat> yeah, because I know a lot of guys don't for obvious reasons because they want their pro day which is much more structured and orchestrated than the combine, they can pretty much dictate and determine uh, how a pro day plays out. Certainly that's true for a quarterback. 
Um, so uh, we'll see. Uh, my guess is these pro days that are, are upcoming will not happen now. Another thing that happens pre-draft are the 30 visits each team gets from draft yeah. prospects. Do you think that'll be uh, suspended? And will that make a difference in where or how uh, players are drafted? I think those are arguably more important because, as Steve said, you want to speak to the player individually. Yeah. And I think what those 30 uh, visits do, you know, if you're a player visiting a team, you get this. If you're a defensive player, let's say you spend time with the head coach, you spend time with the personnel department, you spend time with the defensive coordinator, you spend time with your position coach. This is really a chance for the coach and the player, the coaches and the, and the personnel department to get to know the player. And I'm sure they come away feeling uh, good or bad about the player. And also the player comes away with a strong feeling one way or the other. I think those are really important because of the personal interaction. One of the things that has happened since last we spoke was that the Bills have started signing free agents. Uh, Josh Norman uh, was signed by the Buffalo Bills. You've, I know that you probably haven't been spending any time watching film on him of late, but you're probably very familiar with him from your time of doing DB work and that kind of thing. Yeah. What can you know? What do you? How do you see? It seems like a win-win for both sides. The Bills didn't invest that much, and Josh Norman may have a lot to prove. He certainly would have a lot to prove. I don't think he played particularly well this year. I, if memory serves me correctly, I don't think he played particularly well the year prior either. Um, now, clearly, he's being uh, brought back by Sean McDermott because they know each other well. He had his best success under Sean uh, as the D coordinator in uh, Carolina. So really, as you said, Steve, and that's the critical piece. They didn't pay a lot for him. I believe it's a one-year deal. So he comes in. He's he's now in the compete stage of his career. You're not bringing him in and say, hey, he's our guy. He's in the compete stage of his career. My guess is that was made very clear to him. I doubt that he probably had a ton of suitors, and uh, he knows the system. So the learning curve is much less. So it, it could be a win-win situation for Josh Norman and the Bills. We're on the line with Greg Cosell, senior producer at NFL Films, co-host of NFL Matchup on ESPN, uh, talking about some of the draft prospects. And there's a belief, and I, I go along with this, that the Bills need to find, either in the draft or free agency, they need to find a complimentary running back to uh, um, Singletary on the roster. So let's look at some of the running backs available in the draft this year, uh, Greg. And one of them has already been mock draft to the Bills. I, I think it was Mike Mayock, maybe. He had the Bills uh, first round going for DeAndre Swift of Georgia. What do you think of him? And is he the kind of guy who could go 22nd overall? I like DeAndre Swift. Um, you know, for those who, who follow me on Twitter, they know how much I love Jonathan Taylor as a player because I put out a report yesterday and I'll be doing more of those. But I really like DeAndre Swift. I think he's clearly one of the top backs in this draft class. He's got an excellent combination of, tr of traits. He's been an eye back because Georgia plays pro style with the quarterback under center. He predominantly ran zone concepts. Uh, he's got really high level lateral quickness. He's got burst acceleration. He can make decisive cuts at the second and third levels of the defense. Two players came to mind when I watched DeAndre Swift. And, and I'm not one of those guys that sits around for 15 minutes after I watch a guy and, and think, okay, who's he like? If it pops into my head, it pops into my head. And I thought stylistically, that's what I'm speaking about. Stylistically, he reminded me of Dalvin Cook hmm. because he ran so much outside zone at Georgia. And that's what the Vikings run with Dalvin Cook. And I think there's potentially a little Alvin Kamara in him as a receiver. Uh, now, Kamara is high, high level as a, as a receiver. Swift is not there yet. But I think there is a chance he could develop 
to be that kind of guy down the road. So I really like DeAndre Swift. With running backs probably not being thought of that highly these days in drafts, he could well be there when the Bills' turn comes up. Yeah, it was Todd McShay who had him mocked to the Bills in the first round. Yeah, there's also a guy. Yeah, I don't think Mike Mayock does those oh, anymore yeah. as the GM of the uh, Raiders. Just right, another right. guy. Just another, Yeah, right. So, yeah. And so i got to ask you, too, in your evaluation, and I don't know what how you value running backs, is 22 too high to take a guy like that? Um, you know, Steve, it's funny. I don't think in those terms – you know, if you feel, and this becomes now team-specific, scheme-specific, what you expect. Look, the Bills are a team that has a quarterback that's a big-play quarterback, still working through some inconsistencies as far as being a precision passer and a high-percentage passer. Whether he becomes that or not, only time will tell. So the running back is an important player in the Bills' offense. So now it's team-specific. So I don't, I never look at it as, oh, it's a reach. It depends on how you have your draft board mapped out. If they have DeAndre Swift rated highly and they really feel that with Singletary and Swift, they have two explosive backs. And by the way, both can split and detach from the formation, which is very important for the way they play offense with their use of empty sets, then DeAndre Swift fits and he's has big play explosive traits. And you know what? What are you looking to do in today's NFL? You're looking for big explosive plays. Swift is that player. Greg, you mentioned how much you like Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. What do you see there? What do you like about him? Oh, I just think he is so good as a runner. I mean, to me, he's the best pure runner in this draft class. He's got everything you look for in a runner. To me, I think he's one of the top 10 players in this draft. Now, I understand the way the world works now. I know he's not going to be a top 10 pick, but I think he's got understated special qualities as a back. He's he's a grinder and he has explosive traits. And you know something that's really overlooked to me, and again, you never know as time plays out, but durability is a trait. And he, this guy's carried 926 times. He's never been hurt. Uh, he's to me he's an outstanding runner. And you can take this any way you want, and the combine is people interpreted how they see fit, but he had the fastest 40-yard dash time and the fastest 10-yard split of any running back at the combine. Hmm. What about the guy out of Ohio State, J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, J.K. Dobbins is an interesting guy. I, I kind of see him a little bit more as a compliment as opposed to a true foundation. Um I think he runs hard. I think he runs inside. I don't know if he can do that as a foundational player, but the Bills wouldn't need a foundational player because they obviously have Singletary, so they would have two backs. So Dobbins is another guy that probably fits the Bills extremely well because <clears throat> I think he's a downhill runner with some explosiveness to him, but I wouldn't say he's really effective in, in traffic or confined space, which is one reason why I don't necessarily think he's a he's a feature back type. Um, I think his receiving value enhances his receiving ability, excuse me, enhances his value. So, uh, again, now you get into the value of a back. But, you know, if, if you're looking for big plays and your back is important in your offense, as it is for the Bills, then the value of the back is increased and enhanced. With Greg Cosell talking about prospects in the draft, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the free agent running back prospects, Greg. And we're looking, you know, the Bills set 
considered to be looking for a complimentary back to Devin Singletary. And with the word today that the uh, Houston Texans are, might let them go, Bo, or let them go, may let them both hit the market, Carlos Hyde and uh, Lamar uh, uh, Jackson. I wonder if, uh, or Lamar Miller, rather, I wonder if these two guys might be a good fit with the Buffalo Bills. What do you think? Well, Carlos Hyde is a guy I've always liked. He's a little more of a feature back foundation back in terms of size and traits. Um, but again, that doesn't mean you have to give him the ball 280 times. But he's he's a big back. He's got good feet, good movement. Um, I like Hyde a lot. Miller has always been a guy to me that would probably fit really well as a you know in a complimentary committee back situation. So I think they're different players. Um, you know, Hyde's 230, 200. 25, 230 pounds. Uh, as I said, he's got a little more foundation back qualities to him. Miller would work really well as a complement to Singletary. You could use both of them. Miller also has good receiving traits. I can re see plays in my mind's eye from over the years where he was detached from the formation and beat linebackers on vertical routes. So Miller, again, ACLs, normally guys do come back from them nowadays. Miller might be the better player for what the Bills are looking for to pair with Singletary. Well, as for the other free agent running backs, the guy that heads the list is the guy that finished the season with had everybody on the edge of their seats for the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry. He's an enormous guy. He kind of, for lack of a way to better say, a better way to say it, he kind of flopped around for a couple of years with Tennessee, splitting time, and he wasn't their lead guy until Mike Vrabel finally decided to start handing him the ball with Ryan Tannehill. Talk to us about Derrick Henry, where he's going to end up, or what kind of back he is in comparison maybe to the other guys at free agency. Well, Derrick Henry is clearly he's, – he's the pure definition of a foundation back. He's a four-quarter player. You don't sign or, or, or get Derrick Henry to give him the ball ten times. Derrick Henry needs the football. Your offense starts with him. Um, he's a runner. He's a powerful runner. He's a grinder. Um, he's a guy that gets stronger as the game goes on. He has the ability to take it to the house. One of the things that I think he improved greatly on this year was despite his size, he was not necessarily um, a sus true sustaining runner prior to this year. And this year he became phenomenal at that. You know, he's your classic back that it looks like it's blocked for two and he gets seven. And that adds up. And it sure added up for him as he led the league in rushing. But I think that's the back he is. And with his ability to take it to the house, uh, he brings – Pure foundation feature back trait. So if you want Derrick Henry, you got to give him the football. Hey, I got one more uh, free agent running back to ask you about, a former foundation uh, back, uh, Shady McCoy. What do you think the market will be like for LaShawn McCoy when yeah. he hits the market? What do you think that'll be like for him? Murph, I, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, obviously something happened in Kansas City with his old coach, Andy Reid, because there were games he was a healthy scratch. Yeah, so including the Super Bowl. So you have to do a ton of research. On, on Shady to find out if he's healthy, if you feel you, you know, you can line him up and play. Um, so, you know, cause there was a time when he, just his lateral quickness, his lateral agility, he was top end in the league. Um, you know, he's older now. He has a lot of tread on his tires. Certainly he's not a feature back, a guy you're going to give the ball to 200 times, but he, he had great quickness, a uh, great juice, really good receiver. Can he still play in a secondary role? That's the bottom line question you need to find out. I'm not sure with the information we have at hand, guys, that we know the answer to that. Hopefully teams do, and I think they will, but I don't think we have the answer to that question. We don't have enough information at our disposal. 
One of the things about the Buffalo Bills team, which is, you know, who we're highly interested in, is the way they work their free agency. They tend to go for middle-of-the-road kind of free agents, guys who are, have a chance really to live up to the contract that they sign. Um, and one of the guys I'm looking at is a guy named Matt Breida, the running back from San Francisco who's, who's going to be a free agent. In the, in the AFC East, unlike the, in the NFC West, he's not really a household name. What kind of back is he? Would he be a guy that goes maybe for less of a price tag and maybe you still get great yeah. value for him? You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Tell us about his prospects on the open market. Yeah, and I think you you hit it right on the head. He's not going to command a ton of money. He's a he's a compliment, a second back type, and he's got speed. He can hit the home run, and he would work well as a committee back. You could probably give him the ball 100, 130 times, and, and he'd be effective. Uh, you have to know what you're getting when you get him, and I think teams will know that. You know, no one would sign Matt Breed and say, wow, he's the guy. But I think, again, you know, Singletary, it all, I, I don't know exactly what they're – role for Singletary will be this year. But you can see Breida right here. He's got tremendous speed. He can run away from people when he gets into the open field. And you always like to have that with a second back, a guy that could break it. And he had some long runs with the 49ers. And uh, obviously they ran predominantly zone. Um, so, But he certainly has experience in gap scheme runs. Uh, you know, Breida's an interesting guy as your second back. Very interesting. And he won't he won't cost a ton. Greg, I'm going to kind of wrap up with you where we started, and that's with the uh, the threat posed by the coronavirus uh, concerns. Can the NFL have a, a meaningful and, and effective free agency period that would start next week if the, if the league is limited by travel, if guys can't make visits around the league? What would you think? I don't know. I mean, you would think not. I mean, certainly it wouldn't be business as usual. You know, the issue, and like we started, none of us know this, is how long this is going to go on in this particular fashion. You know, who knows? Maybe it goes on for months. Maybe in two or three weeks we all feel better about it. And who knows? We don't know the answer to that. But I, I don't I don't know. You know, it wouldn't yeah. be the same, Murph, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's going to be but different. for most cases, I mean, for particularly the bigger names, you you know about them. I don't think you probably need to visit with Tom Brady to know what Tom Brady's all about. Right. But uh uh, you know, for lesser guys, probably the visits are very important. And it, it may come down to maybe the, the landscape, but I don't think in a month maybe. It doesn't look like today. And it could change in a week or ten days or three days for that matter. But I don't know if the league could take the kind of PR hit it would take to have a draft as they have in the past five or six, ten years where they go out on location and have fans and all the yeah. – I don't know. I think it would be a PR hit if they tried to pull that off and that, which means they're going to have to do it a different way. Yeah. I mean, unless if they want to keep it at the same time, then what they would have to do, I, I would imagine, you know, and again, we're still what five weeks away, I believe it right, is six, five. Yeah, five and a half weeks, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, they probably have to go back to the old days, you know, before right. it was kind of televised and you had one team representative and I don't know. Um, but hopefully things improve reasonably quickly, but we certainly don't know the answer to that. All right. Hang in there, Greg. We'll talk to you again. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks. There he is. NFL Films' is Greg Cosell with Murph and Tasker. Some good draft stuff there. Um, I know like there might be some oversaturation of all of the coronavirus uh, coverage right now. By the way, a town hall going on on WBEN right now, 9.30 uh, a.m. if you want to hear more on that. Um, but sticking with sports and the impact it's having, Charles Barkley, who is like my favorite 
guy on t- sports TV. Like he's hilarious, and Inside the NBA is one of my favorite shows. I don't think I. I think I've probably watched more Inside the NBA this year than NBA games. Anyways, it's beside the point. Barkley just revealed on a special one-hour edition of Inside the NBA that he has felt ill in the past few days and he has self-quarantined and is being ta- taking a coronavirus test. No results yet. So there's news from the world of broadcasting. Charles Barkley self-quarantined, has felt ill in the past few days, still waiting on results from his uh, coronavirus test. So there's that. We will uh, continue on. Jody Biasi and Brendan Keeney, 803-0550 for your call. Stay tuned. The hesitation of starting the season and going through the season to not really saying the word retirement to having a conversation with Kobe was give, gave me the, the confidence and, and, and comfort to talk about retirement to this point where the season's over when in my mind I know there's 15 games left but we're not sure yet so it's cool though. Basketball has been good to me. I've enjoyed each and every moment of it, good and bad. If this is it, it's, it's all good. At least I made my last basket. Vince Carter. That could have been it. Last night, if there's a 30-day postponement, if they go right to the playoffs, we'll see if they want to resume in the regular season. Um, Honestly, though, he made that final three, so he might not want to play again even if they do come back for a a bad Hawks team. I mean, what's the point? Do you have any recollection of the NBA without Vince Carter in it? No. 98? I mean, I was three. Right. No, I don't remember. I mean, honestly... It feels like <laughs> he hasn't been a part of the NBA for, I don't know, four years, yeah, five years. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, he's been a backup on bad teams. Atlanta for the last, this is the third year in Atlanta, uh, a year with the Kings, three years with the Grizzlies. Like, yeah, like that's that's six years right there between Memphis, Sacramento, and the Hawks. So not teams I'm watching all that much, um, but. Still there, though. Still there. Maybe maybe this isn't it also. Who knows? The guy's 43. Um, I don't know. It's always been strange that he hasn't gone to, like, contenders. He's always kind of gone for, like, the bigger contract and played for lesser teams where he can get that bigger contract. So that's a weird way to end it, though. What Last night was crazy in the NBA. The Gobert thing, the way the whole Thunder-Jazz situation played out. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, the reaction, looking at his phone, having that, um, having that come up. Or communicated to him through that. Uh, what's the thing you're going to miss the most? Because I think it's very easy to say the first two days of March Madness. Oh, yeah. Like, to me, those are two of the best sports days of the year. Without question. But I kind of lose interest in the tournament after like a week. I'm not a big college basketball guy, so that plays into it. See, I like, am. I'm so not I watching. Watch yeah, I'm not watching really like, I'm not watching the Final Four or the National Championship. Nah, I'm usually crazy. not still with it. Yeah. Unless, like, bracket has something to do with it. Um, but, like, the first couple days, like, I am glued to it. Whereas, I'm going to miss, I think, the Stanley Cup playoffs the most. Like, uh, if it doesn't happen, because I just, I, I can't live without the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know what I was just thinking about? Just, like, one of those, like, little things that you pick up on. The slow motion, like, swoosh that you see. And then the jingle. And then they go to commercial. Yeah. Oh, Fantastic. Getting chills just thinking about it. It's sad that we're not going to see that. I bet you there will be playoffs into some aspect between the NBA and NHL. Assuming this thing does not go haywire. 
and becomes like the apocalypse. I think that we're going to see at some point in the summer the Stanley Cup final and the NBA finals in some way, shape, or form. I think it's going to happen. Now, maybe it's an abbreviated playoffs. Maybe they go straight to the playoffs and, you know, sucks to suck if you're the, I don't know, who's like right there knocking on the door in the NHL play. Like, is it, the Islanders yeah. have spent all year in a playoff spot. But right now, like, what do you do there? Do you go by point percentage? Because they're at 80 points in 68 games, but Columbus is in a spot with 81 points in 70 games. So there's a do lot you, that would have to be figured out. Do you think it has to be done? Do you think you have to? Like, there, there's the, so like much money them? involved that... I would imagine they get done, but like, does no, there you have, don't have to be to. a champion well, this year? There doesn't have to be. Would you want? Would you want to watch playoff hockey in July? If this gets to a point where you're not risking people, people's health and safety, if that we get to a point where we feel comfortable again having crowds and having big events like that, then I think absolutely, yes. I I just I in July. Yeah, I, why I not? Don't even, I don't even because July the, hockey. The draft is supposed to happen in June. I mean, the I, NHL draft. Yeah. Oh well, everything would be backed up then, wouldn't it? You yeah. got to back everything up. The, put of the course. draft in I'm July. I'm just saying, like, I don't. Hey, man, you get a slow sports summer sometimes. I'm fine with uh, if if it happens that way, having it change a little bit in its format um, because you had to to still have it. So you're doing you're doing movie drafts in March as opposed yeah. to July and, now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, everything's getting flipped around. You hope. Hopefully everything's just getting flipped around. Um, but, yeah, I hope we get back to a point. Also because it will feel like we're back to normal if that happens, I think. That's, and, a, good, that's a good point. Yeah, because that pretty much shows health officials right. are comfortable with moving forward with just exactly. normal, everyday and, life. And I said last week that it won't feel real to me. It won't feel – I've known it's real. I don't want to say it that way. But it will feel absolutely real to me when sports goes away. And now that sports has gone away, like, it does feel different. Like, that's a big void in my life. Like, that's my – that's, like, what I – my job. Like, that is what I'm watching when I go home. That is what I'm checking Twitter for in the morning. That's what I'm setting fantasy lineups for. Like, I'm doing all of that. Like, i got to figure out today what to do in my fantasy hockey league if there's no more regular season because we're in the middle of our playoffs. Like, there's even little stuff like that that you think about. And for all of that to go away right now, it does put sports in perspective. Mm. But it also, to me, highlights that this is not normal, that this is a new, this is a different type of pandemic. This is not, you know, even what we had with, um, what was 12 years ago, the swine flu or yeah. whatever. It's not even that because this is changing people's lives and it's changing business and it's changing everything and sports has just been kind of sucked into that black hole so to me if you get back to a point where again you hope this happens sooner rather than later you hope it happens within a week or two that might not be realistic to think that but you hope at some point that we get to a point where people are allowed back in the arenas and the stadiums and the ballparks because that's, to me, when it will feel normal and it will feel safe again. Right. No, you're right. And I was kind of thinking, like, oh, do I really want to see playoff hockey played in July? And here's my thing. I will when the time comes. Right now it's oh, hard yeah. to grasp. You know, it, it still kind of doesn't feel um, like we're in the middle of it. I don't know. It, it just seems so bizarre and unordinary that I don't feel like I've fully like grasped everything that's going on right now. 
if that makes any sense. Like, it's so crazy. You're just seeing news, you know, left and right, and every 10 minutes, like you were saying earlier, that I don't know if I've really had time to, like, sit down and actually think about what it truly means. I mean, we're living, like, I was thinking about this today, we're living in a period of time right now that will be remembered for the rest of our lifetimes. Hey, do you remember when hockey and uh, basketball was shut down mm-hmm. and the and baseball didn't start and we didn't have March Madness because of of the of coronavirus because of COVID-19? Like mm-hmm. that will be said about this period. Like we're living in that right now. You know, we're living right. in a kind of historic time period and I think it means a lot to kind of respect that and also respect the people that are going through something much worse than we are. You know, we're talking about being upset that sports is done for a little bit Mm -hmm. and how that's kind of our lives. And while it's not my career, you know, yet to this point, Mm -hmm. it's still that's what I love is sports. You know, I I don't go home and watch CNN as a news person. I don't go home and watch CNN. I go home and watch the Sabres. Right. Yeah, I'm going to miss out on that. But there are people that are dealing, the people in Worcester County are dealing with something much more serious than we are right now. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to respect that as well. Sure, I agree. Um, I will say this. If you're, not, if you're used to watching sports at home, and hopefully you're spending more time at home and not out in big social gatherings and such, um, if you're looking for shows, McMillions on HBO. Sal actually touted it earlier today on Twitter. I'm on episode four. Big fan. It's kind of long. Episode at a time. It's not like a binge watch show. Okay. Like Is one it episode hour, time. Hour long episodes. Hour long episodes. They're okay. tremendous. It's about a. It's about. So the Monopoly game McDonald's was basically rigged for 15 years, and that's basically the premise. It's a documentary. Oh, it's okay. So it's a but real, it's it's yeah. amazing. Like it's it's almost a viral documentary. Almost like what was the, uh, making a murderer. Okay, like sure. that. Yeah, like it's it's a different subject matter, but it's like a viral documentary. So I would definitely recommend that to people. I got I got shows to catch up on. So I'm I'm fine being careful and spending more time at home. The Young Pope is back on HBO. You could also uh, Better uh, Call Saul is back. I got to catch up on that. You could also talk to people that you live with. <laughs> I could do that. Conversation? <laughs> yeah, maybe I could read the newspaper actually now. The newspaper? Yeah. Do they still have those? They still have those. It's amazing. I still read a newspaper every day. Do you? Yeah. I mean, they're made available in the newsroom, so You it's wouldn't hard seek to them out though if they weren't just out here in the newsroom. That room, is though. probably true. I was going to say I have not I don't think I've picked up a newspaper and read it in I would pay for an online subscription you. if I wasn't if I didn't have such readily available <laughs> access to news like I do right. being a news person. Well, you have social media for that. That's true. You do have social media. That's but, where I get my news. But there's a lot of paywalls now, you know. And I yeah. think the things that have paywalls are the things worth reading, you know. Got to climb those paywalls. The ones that are worth climbing, I say. 8030550 is the phone number. Last call on the nightcap right after this. Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney here on WGO. These are in 
individuals you know, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, you know how they fit into your locker room. These guys have already been a part of establishing a different culture there. And the three guys I mentioned there, I think they all embody sort of the best of what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are putting in place there. I think rewarding your own guys and doing it early and being proactive about it always rings well in the locker room and is well received. CBS Sports' Jason LaConfora on One Bills Live a few days ago on the Bills re-signing their own. It may appear that there's a chance, maybe, that the Bills are about to do the same or about to do that again. They signed Quentin Spain reportedly earlier in the day. Now, read into this what you may, but what was interesting is Quentin Spain tweeted out, uh, it was like the three shouting emojis, yeah. and then at Bill or uh, hashtag Bills Mafia. Then we find out about a half hour later that he's going to sign with the Bills. Shaq Lawson, about ten minutes ago, tweets out a picture of himself in a Bills uniform. No, no words, no caption, no nothing. Just Shaq Lawson in a Bills uniform, and that has me wondering whether he's signed. And we kind of went back and forth in the break on whether that's a good idea. Now. I do believe, like you made a point, that if this means they're not signing a bigger name or a better option at defensive end, then I have a problem with it. But if he's just repl- if he's just here in place of Trent Murphy, if it's one or the other, which I think it should be, and I'd rather have Shaq Lawson. I don't think either are consistent pass rushers at this point in their careers, but I do think Shaq Lawson is a consistent and a very good run defender from the defensive end position. Absolutely. So I think he's a better all-around defensive end. I think he's the one you sign. And I still think Shaq Lawson still has his best football ahead of him. Right? We've seen... He got better he, last year. He somewhat had that bust label attached to him for the first couple years of being in Buffalo. And I think he's... I don't not even really slowly, but for sure the past two years have been much, much better. And this past year, I thought he played fantastic. Maybe not quite living up to what was he the 17th overall pick but 19th. he's 19th overall yep. so he, but he's getting there right like yeah if he, i don't know i i like this i l- would love to see Shaq Lawson back in a Bills uniform i thought that he could be one of the players that kind of you know falls by the wayside this offseason but if he is back which we don't know he is just to stress mm-hmm. that we're just purely speculating because he just tweeted a picture of himself in a Bills uniform. Uh, I I'm all on board for that. Yeah, um, me too. Is it's funny when you bring up his draft status because when we think of like the busts of the Bills, like he doesn't really come up. Like it's Maben no. and it's even McKelvin and Whitner, Mike Williams. Yeah, before you get to to Shaq Lawson. But if he right. were to walk right now, I mean, I think it'd be fair to say that was a bad pick. Looking back. I mean, you didn't draft him just to be a run defender from the right. defensive end position. For, for two years. Yeah, 16 and a half sacks in four seasons. Like, right. Come on, you got to do better than that. But like you said, I didn't like him in his first two years of his career mm-hmm. because I just didn't think he could rush the passer. He had one move. It was a bull rush, and it's not college. He wasn't able to do it to the same efficiency that he did when he was at Clemson. But I do think we've seen a little more creativity out of him. And again, I don't think he's a dominant pass rusher, but I think he can be a good pass rusher. And him improving last year made me think, all right, maybe there is a little bit more in the tank there for him as a pass rusher. And we already know he's a good run defender. So the combination of him being a good, balanced defensive end, for him being younger than Trent Murphy, healthier than Trent Murphy, 
to me, just better all around than Trent Murphy, probably even cheaper. Like we we you mentioned Spain, you thought it was going to cost seven to nine million. What would you think Lawson's going to cost? About ten million. Okay, if that if that is about what he costs, then it's right about the same as what Trent Murphy is. And if I have to pick one or the other, to me it's a no brainer. Trent Murphy has not done anything for me since he got here. Like I don't know what he is supposed to be good at. Like, he's supposed to be a good pass rusher. The the only but. reason I say ten million, I'm not sure that he's worth ten million. Like I said about Spain, I'm not sure what the going rate is for this mold of a defensive end on the open market. I don't know what that is, right? We don't know what that price point is exactly. What, be, be, first of all, because free agency hasn't even started, but I would assume he would get something close to that from a team that is desperate for pass yeah. rush help, right? Like, okay, we can get Shaq Lawson. He's a former first-round pick. He's really starting to come on the past couple of years. I'll throw a lot of money at him to help at least get some sort of pressure. I don't think the Bills are desperate for yeah. pass rush like it needs to improve but i don't think they're desperate for it if i'd be interested to see what a desperate team would throw at Shaq lawson in mm-hmm. whether or not he'd want to test the market just on that alone yeah spot track has this neat tool called the uh the, the market value tool that's new that they've added for all players in the league and they put Shaq lawson's market value and a fair contract at a four-year deal for $30.7 million. That would be $7.6 million per year. Okay. And, again, like you said, 10. If I got to pay him an extra $2 million because he's about to be a free agent. And remember, Yeah, like, I think market, I'm okay with that. And remember, fair market value is that. It's fair market value. You're not really probably going to see that very often in the open market where everything kind of turns into a bidding war. Like, like I feel like mo- you mostly overpay Mm-hmm. in free agency you know and it could be a lot or it could be a little you know so sure that sounds about right though you know close to eight million you wow. said seven point seven point six yeah. do, you, do you know by the way just off topic here before we get out of here what they have josh allen's market value at am i going to be surprised yeah i'm stunned although i don't know so, okay the context. Here, here's the thing though here's the thing <laughs> Is it stunned in a way like, wow, I didn't realize he was worth so much, or wow, I didn't realize he was worth so little? Uh, so much. So much. All right, I'll put him at 25 and a half. Spotrack has Josh Allen's market value at five years, $146 million, which is $29.1 million per year. Now, Again, I think part of what's factored in there is the market at quarterback. But that's a lot of money. If if <laughs> if Josh Allen's contract is twenty nine million, that is a lot of money. And he's this player. No, thank you. That's that's a discussion for another day. We got plenty of shows to uh to uh, hash that out. Yeah. What's Josh Allen's market value? Is it twenty nine point one million? Because I think that's ludicrous. Anyways, all right. Thanks everybody for listening to today's show. Um, stay safe out there. Wash your hands and uh, come back for more tomorrow. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney, ESPN Radio on the ne- on the way next here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.